know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. Podcastland, this is your host Jamin Joe of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk a little Atlanta Hawks basketball as we are a couple days away from the Hawks coming back into our lives as they begin this last half of the season with a game against the Chicago Bulls. But we'll be talking some more Atlanta Hawks as the show goes on. And we're also going to talk a little University of Georgia Bulldog baseball. The Dogs are off to a really good start so far. The Dogs are 4 0 to start the year. They just finished up their most recently played game a little while ago as the Dogs beat Wofford 7-1. And we'll get into some of discussion as far as that most recently played game goes. And we'll also preview the upcoming weekend for the Georgia Bulldog baseball team. So a little hoops, a little baseball on tonight's show. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's just yours truly flying solo this week. Um, so here we go. And so I think it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic original Oak Smoke Barbecue Catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so here we go. Now we're going to get into some Atlanta Hawks talk. And so some, so some things that really stood out to me from All-Star Weekend was Trey Young. I was really impressed with the performance he had. First thing that really stood out to me is Trey competed in the three-point shootout and he was second and he made 26 threes I was really impressed with that we really got to see Trey get into a rhythm when he made it past the first round we really saw his mechanics on display like Trey good form and good rhythm and Trey's a really good volume shooter and in a competition like this you you really get to see how good of shooters these guys really are but the one guy I want to talk about is Carl Anthony Towns and he was just on another level Saturday night I mean he was making everything like he think about Towns he has that he has that style shot where it's more or less like a set shot but it works for him I mean t- I mean Carl Anthony Towns shot the lights out but I got to give props to my guy Trey Young for finishing second so kudos to you Trey and then you think about the game Sunday night and Trey represented the Hawks and played with Team Durant and so Trey's stats from the game Sunday night he had 13 points 10 assists 2 rebounds and 2 steals I really liked the way Trey was distributing the ball in this game for Team Durant and it looked like he and John Morant had a really good connection going. Like Trey was, like Trey was definitely the engine that made that made that team go. And he he was distributing the ball. And as as I just said a second ago, it looked like he and Ja Morant had some had some real chemistry going on. Like Trey, like Trey for example, found Ja on a couple of alley oops. I thought that was really impressive. And having a having a guard guard alley oop combo, I thought that was really cool. But that's the kind of things you see in All Star games nowadays. You you see a lot of um, a lot of guard to guard alley oops. So a lot of crazy stuff like that but to be honest guys I only really watched the first I only really watched the first quarter I wasn't really enamored with the game itself until the latter half I ended up watching the highlights later on but as far as the game itself it wasn't really that entertaining to me I mean it was just basically like a glorified pickup game so it goes to show that in my opinion the best league that does their all-star game the best is major league baseball it's entertaining it's riveting and I just think MLB does it right and 
I know that's crazy to think MLB actually doing something right. I hope they can get this lockout thing figured out and we can be talking Braves baseball here for too long. But that's another topic for another day. Anyway, continuing back with basketball. And so Trey represented the Hawks extremely well. So as a diehard Hawk fan, I'm really, really proud of where Trey is at this point. And so think about it, guys. So Trey's been to two All-Star games in his first four years and he started and, and he started one of them. So it's really impressive to, on the plateau where Trey is and like, Trey's making the Hawks a fun, fun brand again. And and and, Tr- and Trey is that guy who can hopefully, like, who can hopefully one day pick up the phone and be able to call up a superstar and be like, hey, hey, why don't you join me here in Atlanta? Like, it looks like Trey is beginning to build that level of respect from the, that level of respect in the league and that level of respect in the NBA. And that that is kind of the fun thing about All-Star Games is you get to see these superstars get to bond with one another and guys you ordinarily wouldn't get to really bond with so I think that's really cool for Trey to get to do that and get to represent the Hawks as well for sure and so as far as the second half goes for the Hawks and so the Hawks travel to Chicago for a game on Thursday night and so with that they're facing two of the best scorers in the NBA on one team and that is DeMar DeRozan who in my opinion guys is having a career year I mean not only is he the best mid-range scorer in the NBA right now but in my opinion I think he's a dark horse for MVP I mean you just look at the numbers he's put up he's played phenomenal and then the uh, and then the other go-to guy the Bulls have is Nikola Vucevic and so both these guys DeRozan and Vucevic have played really well against the Hawks in their last two matchups specifically um on the 27th of December DeRozan DeRozan scored 35 and Vucevic scored 24 and then in their matchup on the 29th of December DeMar had 20 and Vuce had 16 so it just goes to show that these two guys are really dynamic playmakers and really good scorers for Chicago so the Hawks are going to have to be on their P's and Q's in this matchup. Specifically, you can't let these two get going. So that's why the individual matchup that I think is going to be fun to watch is, is seeing DeAndre Hunter go up against DeMar DeRozan. I think that's going to be fun to see the Hawks' best perimeter defender do his best to, to guard one of the best scorers in the NBA right now in DeMar DeRozan. And as far as Vucevic, like you look at a Kongwu and you look at Clint Capella, and I think and I think Vucevic might, might be a little bit quicker than Clint Capella off the bounce. And so that's why I think Onyeka Okonwu is going to be the real key to limiting and not letting Vucevic just, just light the Hawks up. Now, then again, I'm hoping John Collins is able to play Thursday night. But if he's unable to go, I think Big O is your, is your best individual matchup against it. Is your best individual matchup against a talented scorer like Vucevic. So following the Chicago game on Thursday night, the Hawks finally come home for their first game in the second half of the season in a really interesting game with the Raptors. And so for some reason, the Raptors have just given us fits, guys. I don't really understand it. I think a lot of it is because the Raptors are really long. Like, Pascal Siakam's a really long, rangy, athletic guy. And then Boucher, the center for the Raptors, is really long and and, ju- and has, like, a giant wingspan. And so that kind of worries me a little bit. The Raptors are a very long athletic. And not to mention, they have a really good all-star guard in Fred Van Vliet, who is the engineer their who is the engine at their control so hopefully the Hawks are able to get back on track get a couple wins to start out throw it at the second half of the year because guys as I said last week um I want to say they're like 24 left in the regular season so this is a really big critical moment in time for the Hawks and something else to think about if you're the 9 or 10 seed playing in the playing tournament you have to win two games to make it to the playoffs if you're if you're the 7 or 8 seed all you have to do is win one game so it's looking more like the Hawks would be in the playing tournament 
tournament. I'm hoping they find a way to get on a run and avoid that altogether and be the sixth seed. But if you were to go to the playing tournament, I would, or I for one would say you want the Hawks to be at least the seven or the eight seed. So that's something for fans to think about for sure. So following the Raptors, the Hawks will face Boston next week, Chicago again, and then the Wizards next Friday. So this is a really good chance for the Hawks to get some wins together against a mixed bag of teams. The Wizards are a pretty good team, but but they don't have their best player right now in Bradley Beal. He's done for the year. So that's going to hurt Washington. And then think about Boston. Boston is one of the teams that's in our way right now. And we and we recently played the Celtics and the Celtics beat us pretty good up in Boston on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm still kind of upset about that loss, if I'm going to be honest, guys. So, the Hawks, so, so everything is in front of the Hawks right now. The Hawks just got to find a way to put some, put some things together, play some good basketball, and hopefully we can see this team get on a run, make it happen, and really, really get after it here and make it interesting for us diehard Hawk fans here in Atlanta. Because I really think that nothing like Hawks playoff basketball. There's nothing like it. It's so fun. It's so electric. Like Hawks playoff basketball reminds me of a mix of like college basketball, but you fuse it with like the intensity of the NBA playoffs. It really is fun to watch. There is nothing like it. Like playoff professional sports are literally as good as it gets. I mean, I mean, it is fantastic. It really is good. But I know the Hawks have a long way to go to get to that point. So now we're going to jump to some guys that I think for the Hawks can have huge second halves. And then if they do, can catapult the Hawks to where to where we all want them to go. First guy I want to talk about is DeAndre Hunter. I look at him as not only being the best perimeter defender the Hawks have, and I love what he gives you defensively, but I'm talking about what he gives you offensively. When Hunter gets opportunities to make shots, he, and when he's open, he needs to take them. I, I really want to see DeAndre assert himself more offensively. When he gets a lane to go to the basket, attack, go downhill. Like, that's what makes DeAndre Hunter so good. Like, Hunter is physical, strong enough to where he can go, where he can go downhill and, and go down and attack in the paint because he's big and strong enough. But I really want to see consistency from his jump shot. And I feel like if DeAndre Hunter does this, I think it'll really help the Hawks in the second half of the year. I mean, and put like, think about this too, guys. So Trey is doing his thing, but, and John Collins is too, before he got hurt. And you'll get the Hawks now offensively and they, and they could really use one of these other wings to really step up. Like, honestly, if DeAndre Hunter averaged 16 points and like eight to 10 rebounds a game, I would be totally cool with that. And honestly, I think Hunter's the type of scorer that he can give you 16 to 18 a game. I mean, that's all I ask from him. I mean, I know he's got a lot going on with the defensive side of the floor, but you got to get more firepower out of him offensively. He's a talented guy. You know he can score in a variety of ways. I just want to see him assert him. I just would like to see him assert himself more offensively. And I feel like if he does this, good things will happen for the Hawks starting unit. The other other guy I really want to see the Hawks get going in the second half is Bogey Bogdanovich. And he's done that. Like, I think Bogey has figured out his role of being that sixth man off the bench. What we see from Bogey in is we see a guy who can provide instant offense and he can be a real spark. He really he really gives the second unit a boost of energy. Like not only is he a secondary ball handler for, for the second unit, but he's also that marksman, that dead-eye three-point shooter that really gives the Hawks second unit balanced scoring. And it also helps with him, with Bogey, with the ball in his hand, um, is he gives the Hawks the ability where he can create his own shot. Like he, like he can get to the basket. He can hit that patented Bogey fadeaway jumper like in the lane that Bogey's 
been known to do. And so I just think the two guys the Hawks really need to get going for the second half of the year is DeAndre Hunter in the starting unit and Bogey Bogdanovich in the in the second unit for the Hawks. And I feel like if these two get going, good things will happen for the Hawks. You got to play through Hunter and Bogey if the Hawks want to go where they want to go. So that's going to kind of do it for our Atlanta Hawks part of the show. We're going to jump to some Georgia Bulldog baseball here. So the Diamond Dogs are off to a really good start to the 2022 season. 4-0, as I said at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to run you through a couple highlights from the three-game sweep over the Albany Great Danes from this past weekend. So on Friday, Jonathan Cannon took the ball for Georgia, and the the UGA pitcher pitched six innings. He had four strikeouts, no walks. Offensively for Georgia on Friday, senior center fielder Ben Anderson smashed smashed a home run to start out this season for the Dogs in the bottom of the first. And then we jumped to the fourth inning, and you had McAllister at a two-run homer. The former Florida Gator, Corey Acton, had a big double, and that sparked things for Georgia offensively. He scored catcher Fernando Gonzalez, and Georgia ended up winning 4-2. Um, the Great Danes themselves hit a two-run homer late in the eighth inning. Make it interesting, but Georgia held on, winning 4-2. In the Saturday game, Georgia found itself in a in a crazy game. They had to come back to win. The Tate brothers, Connor and Cole Tate, who are from nearby Oconee County, were the stars of the show. Cole, Cole the starting shortstop, and Connor in the starting right fielder both played great. They both had home runs. Connor had a late-inning double and to tie the game, and then Cole knocked in his brother, Connor, to give the dogs the win, 7-6. Then on Sunday, Georgia took care of business, dismantling Albany 9-1, and the dogs scored in a variety of ways on Sunday, including a pass ball by including Cole Tate scoring on a pass ball and a solo home run by Cole Wagner, the Georgia freshman. He was also cousins with Georgia baseball player Luke Wagner. So so think about that. We've got identical twin brothers in the Tates. We have cousins with Luke Wagner and Cole Wagner. So that's kind of cool. It's a family affair on the Georgia baseball team. I wanted to talk about this as well. Freshman starting pitcher Dylan Ross took the hill on Sunday. And this kid's from Statesboro, Georgia. He had he, had, he pitched five innings. He allowed four hits and he had six strikeouts. So Georgia's most recent victory was earlier tonight, as I said. The Dogs beat Wofford 7-1, and some highlights from that include Corey Collins, Georgia's, Georgia's sophomore slugging sensation DH, who I talked about on our preview episode last week for Georgia Baseball, smashed a two-run homer over the scoreboard at Foley Field. It was really impressive to watch. And then senior center fielder Ben Anderson hit a two-run homer, put the game out of reach for the Dogs to make it 7-1. So, so that's what Georgia got offensively in the game against Wofford tonight. Um, now we're going to jump over to the pitching side of things. And Jaden Woods, another guy that I talked about who could make an impact for Georgia from a pitching side of things. He had a career-high seven strikeouts tonight against Wofford. He pitched in relief. He pitched the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh inning. So I think Woods is, is a dynamic guy and a really talented kid. And you can use him in a variety of ways. I heard the great Jeff Dantzler and the great David Johnson, the voices of Georgia baseball, talk about Jaden Woods and describe him as like a fireman type. You can use him in any situation, and I agree with those two completely. I think you can use Jaden Woods in a variety of situations. He's a power lefty and was just really impressive tonight, and I'm really happy for him. The sky's the limit for this kid. This kid is a really talented guy, and I think he is going to be a huge key for the Georgia Bulldogs as far as as far as pitching goes, and especially in the back end of the bullpen. 
Like I just like his versatility. And 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 that's what's really stood out to me early on with this Georgia team. I know there's only been four games played, but it's just how how deep Georgia is. Georgia's got depth in a variety of places, whether it be on the mound, whether it be behind the plate, whether it be all around the infield and the outfield. And I mean Georgia's deep and they've got hitters. I, I really, really like what this Georgia team is doing so far. I know it's only four games and I know it's Albany and Wofford and I know it's gonna get tougher as we get closer and closer to SEC play but but I just really like what this Georgia team is right now so this weekend the dogs will host the Akron Zips in Athens so this is interesting Akron is coached by former major leaguer Chris Sabo and Chris Sabo Chris Sabo who was famous with the Cincinnati Reds he was the third baseman when Barry Larkin was the shortstop for the Reds and he had these he had these glasses that were kind of his claim to fame so Sabo in his major league career was a 268 career hitter he and he hit 116 home runs in his big league career he's mostly known for being with the Cincinnati Reds and being Barry Larkin's guy or, or being Barry Larkin's go-to guy on the left side of the infield with Larkin playing short and Sabo playing third and the other interesting thing about Chris Sabo he's a Michigan grad so he and Barry Larkin are both Michigan grads as well so that's kind of interesting too with Sabo and Barry Larkin so the former major leaguer Chris Sabo will be in Athens with the Akron Zips this weekend. If you're interested in going to any of those games this weekend at Foley Field, it is a it is a four-game series, a game on Friday night, a doubleheader on Saturday, two nine-inning game, and then a game on Sunday. So that's what it's looking like for the Akron Zips and the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. So that'll be really fun. It'll give us a chance to to learn more about this Georgia team. But like I said, I've really enjoyed listening to games all year long keep, and keeping up with the dogs as best I can. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying listening to the games. You know, Jeff and Dave do such a great job with broadcasting Georgia baseball. And I just... I I love the stories they tell in the broadcast. You know, everybody that tweets in, I, th- I think it's really cool. I've been fortunate enough that they've called my name for tweeting in the games um, before. And so, so I know that's always kind of a big thrill to tweet in and be like, I'm listening to the game. So, so I just think that's really cool. You know, Jeff and Dave do such a fantastic job with Georgia baseball. So anyway, guys, before we get on out of here this week, I want to tell you all about fanfrostseasons.com. And it's our website. You can go check it out. We've got our merchandise store where we've got our hoodies, our sweatshirts and our t-shirts so you can get those at our merchandise store on fanbrawlseasons.com and you can also go to fanbrawlseasons.com and listen to our most recent episodes where this episode will be later on this evening and into tomorrow so you can check out all our past episodes and you can also read up on the bio of how our podcast came to be and it's just a really fun website I really enjoy it and I hope you guys check it out and enjoy it as well so guys before we get on out of here it's time to get a word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering you can learn more georgiasmoke.com so for myself jim and joe this has been another exciting installment of the fan for all seasons podcast and we'll talk to you guys next week see ya